Oh my god, it is the free agency special episode of Hotline League, and it's so big, the news is so wild, that it squeezed out our third guest so that Mark and I could just talk exclusively about it. His microphone exploded, uh, so, so he doesn't, <laughs> we're going to get it fixed. Uh, my constant yeah. co-host Mark Zimmerman is here. How's it going, Mark? It's going good. I'm, uh, I'm feeling great. You saw me earlier today on Travis's stream. This is my second time appearing. Yeah, uh, we're coming up on seven hours of live streaming on the, the Travis Gafford channel. So by the end of this, we'll be, I think, over nine. I don't know. Anyway, um, it is obviously, as I said, the free agency day. So we are about three hours out from free agency opening. There's already been some official announcements uh, from teams. Uh, we were going to have a guest on the show. And here's my little whine about this. I a player had said they were down to come on the show and then their team killed it. Uh, so this is my hope that in the future we get a place where in tradition, much like in traditional sports players are not, uh, they're able to do the media opportunities that they would like to do. They are not beholden to their team. Anyway, I'll, I'll keep saying who it wasn't in chat and eventually you'll get it right. It wasn't fudge and it wasn't Nisky. Anyway, um, let's, let's, so uh, give going. a big shout out to Alienware. We'll stop. Let me give a big shout out to Alienware and Game Fuel, and uh, we will get into the show. Thank you to everybody who's subbing and everything. It's been it's been fun. So, uh, okay. First off, Mark, is there anything that came out today that you were surprised by? So, I mean, the C nine thing was a big surprise. But that technically came out last night at like 10 p.m., you know? Yes. Um, and they keep teasing that, that something has changed in the past 24 hours, so we'll see. Yeah, I mean, even even if something changes from here, it'll still be a surprise. Um, other than that, there weren't too many surprises. Um, I, I mentioned this before because people asked, I, when I streamed a little bit earlier in the weeks, people asked me about my thoughts on some of like the lower tier teams. Lower tier. And I was just saying that I hadn't been following all of them. I, I was mostly following like the big roster moves and stuff. So like, you know, finally seeing CLG, I was actually pleasantly surprised at how that entire roster ended up looking. Like, I, I actually think that for a young roster of relatively unproven talent, that looks pretty good. I'm relatively happy about that. Um, there's still some stuff up in the air. Like we're talking about TSM and how many things could happen with them um, that's not fully resolved. I think the the reckless shit is just blows my mind. The K Corp stuff. Yeah. Yeah, we don't like, normally talk about non-LCS stuff, but that's so wild. We normally don't talk about LEC stuff, and we're not even talking about LEC stuff technically. That's which true. Which is just like, what the fuck? I think uh, for me, so I I don't, because I don't care as much about LEC and I don't have the connections there, like Bloop on the show said that Cadrill's in discussions to go to Vi uh, Vitality as their coach. Did you see the clip yet, Mark? I think I saw the clip. K Did he react to it? Cadrill was co-streaming the show. And so oh while he's co-streaming, and he had the bigger viewer base out of all the channels. So while he's co-streaming, this just gets said on his co-stream. And it is, it is hilarious. Just, just, I, uh... just play the clip on your stream. I want to see it. Okay, this okay. The ultimate right. React Andy meta is that you show a clip of a streamer reacting to another stream. I have to find... Somebody linked it to me earlier. Somebody find the... No, no, no. Wait. I know where it is. It was I'll on link it here. Project. It got struck by Nightbot. I'll just uh, watch it. 
No, no, no. I'll put it, I'll put it up right now. Yeah, you watch it, I guess, okay. on your end, and I'll put it up over here. Okay. Um, but it is actually so funny. Head on, Pablo. What do you have for us? Hello, gang. Um, so we we are talking about actually one of our co-streamers now. Um, co-streamers. So sources just told us that uh, Cadron is considering uh, moving to a coach position in uh, Team Vitality after receiving a lot, a lot of offers during this. Uh, this season from both uh, NA or EU. Um, he's uh, still considering uh, staying as a caster for, for next year, but uh, Team Vitality, it's, uh, it's indeed a possibility that uh, it's going to be decided probably this week. Um, he will be joined by uh, Mephisto uh, in the coaching staff for Vitality if he ends up there. Okay, so Kadrel went from jungler to caster slash content creator to maybe coach. An incredible double pivot in the sort space of a year. Hats off to you, Kadrel. So it's um, it's tough to. This is not official. This is still. This is this was just like in the moment, but it's tough because to show you the full thing because it's like because I was like kind of following along as uh, oh I think your your gate's picking up. Uh, I I was kind of following along uh, while this stuff was happening, and because my chat was reacting so that I load up Kadrel. Kadrel like didn't know what to say. I think for several minutes, if I recall. Um, he was just trying to, to figure out how to handle, uh, the situation and he just didn't know what to say. And so, uh, eventually he just is like, okay, you know, I, somebody like translating what he was saying into my chat or whatever, Ari Waddle, or, or sorry, Ari the Valkyrie was in the chat saying like, oh yeah, you know, I talked to a lot of teams in the off season and like some stuff was happening and like. Uh, nothing signed yet, everybody. Uh, blah, blah, blah. It was just so funny because I, I'm, I was a little surprised. Like I don't, I'm not trying to call it Cadrel or whatever, but like I was in my mind from doing this. Uh, we're still getting, still getting mic pickup. Uh, from in my mind from doing this stuff for a while, I have been, I have been surprised that uh, anybody is surprised when something gets out. You know what I mean? Like in my mind, there almost are no secrets. If anything is a secret, it's crazy. So that's why I was so surprised that Cadrel did not have some, like he. I'm surprised he just had no plan for what would happen if that came out while he was co-streaming. You know. I fucking hate. Sorry. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's funny that he just got so flustered by it, and I imagine it actually probably feels bad. I wonder like how far along. He was in those negotiations compared to like what the LEC knew um, at that point. So, oh, you mean like maybe he had not talked to the the broadcast team for next year? Yeah, they might like that could be a reason that he's like, I don't think he would be that pissed if he was like seriously considering it and it came out a little bit early, you know, versus like you're in the middle of active negotiations between multiple parties. Um, so who knows? I mean, I, I totally speculate. No, I wasn't saying that about Cage, I was saying about something else. But my, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, that was pretty funny. That so I, that was the highlight of today for me. He wants to go into coaching, other than the salary's fatter than what he probably gets from. LSC. I don't think the salary's fatter. Dude gets so many views and so yeah, yeah. The broadcast. Stop doing content creation. I'm saying for for specifically the LEC. Oh yeah, yeah. So I'm sure he'd make more money coaching salary to salary. But I personally yeah. think, and you say he can't stop, he doesn't have to stop doing content creation, but I, I mean, if you're coaching full-time, it's going to put a big damper on what you can do. Yeah, but, I mean, you could conceivably still 
like players stream after practice and stuff, you know, who knows? I mean, either yeah. way, Vitality seems like they have fuckloads of money. So if they want to tempt him over, they can. I, uh, I mean, he's obviously very smart about the game, but I wonder what the interview process is like. And like, if the players push for this or the, the management, you know, it's a very interesting thing. Yeah. Is this like a per perks is like, give me Cadrill or give me death? Or is it, <laughs> or is it the Vitality guys being like, we are about to become the most relevant fucking org and the. After we got the best mid laner, you know, yeah. like just like we got the best top laner, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, fantastic. Okay, uh, sorry by the way to all the podcast uh, listeners or audio listeners. I'm, I know you guys just heard the report and couldn't see his wordless reactions, but uh, he he just was like head in hands and then just sat there and then eventually got up out of the, the camera. It was a pretty great reaction. Highlight of my day for sure. I mean. It's the type of thing where I'm sure right now it feels bad for Cadrill and maybe he's even getting some messages from people who weren't in the loop or something like you said. But uh, I think six months from now, he'll hopefully find it very funny. Uh, yeah. All right. He's tweeted since, since then some memes and stuff. Yeah, so yeah. I, he's, I it's not too bad, he's in on the... He's he's joining the meme train, I think. Um, okay. So where are we? What else? Um uh, so one of the things that they said on the the dot show was Mickey X uh, potentially in the running for TSM because I guess the buyout is lowering and so that might be a thing. If you haven't, if for anybody who wants to see this, I this morning did what I did last year, which was I put out my final TGI projections for all the different. I had so many for every single role for the LCS teams, and then also put my confidence level on each of them. Almost all of them are green. Um, and I do think some of them will change because apparently there's just like, there's a lot of chaos in the off season right now, but in a different way than normal. Because normally what it is is like, it's chaotic because everyone's doing these big signings in the beginning and there's a huge competition for it. This year you have the opposite end of the spectrum where nobody wants to pay anybody a million dollars for a player. There might have been, I'm sure that like Steve and, and maybe even EG are coughing up some big bucks, but like, the buyouts are crashing on these other, like the whole economy is just fucked in the off season this year. So wait, we need to make a turn for this. Everyone's talking about this off season being kind of like the bubble popping. And yeah. Then you have, you know, the great recession, the great depression, you, you know, like, what do we call this? I don't know. Twitch I haven't heard anyone try and coin amazing. this off season. You want to just steal whatever. I mean, it depends next year. If, if we all, if we're, we have terrible teams next year, it's definitely the great depression. Uh, because that's how everyone <laughs> will be feeling. No, you need to strike while the iron's hot. We need a term for the off season right now. God, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Market correction, the great buster, the great bubble, reclaiming the regression. So, Mark, I will link you my my roster. Let me make sure I don't have anything else. Oh, weird fuck. What's that movie? I like the Big Short. The Big Short. This, this isn't really a short. Can though. I? Yeah. How can I short some of these? I I want to short some all yeah. G twos buyouts okay um i am going uh da, 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 da. i'm gonna okay, link you my my sheet everybody else can just go look at my video or the tweets or anything i put out and i'm sure there's some master doc somewhere where people can do this but for you mark let's take a look at this really quickly so that we're referencing the same thing but one of the questions i have for you i put it in, the, in our, our group chat or our chat on skype uh, one of the questions I have for you that we can discuss is assuming all these teams come in and I know that there's 
some questions remaining around TSM and maybe even around C9, um, though I, I personally hope not. Um, I, it feels to me, at first I wanted to say LCS got weaker because there's just, when you hear things like Jensen sitting on the sidelines, uh, that feels bad. And there's a lot of people who are like, wow, why are we importing you know, blue or pride stalker or like, you know, there are the unpopular imports, which I think you get every year um, because people want to only are excited to hear about Chovy and Faker joining the league. Um, but it, like I saw somebody on Reddit and they, they just sort of did like a team by team rundown. And they're like, I think most teams either side graded or upgraded. I saw that guy's post. I'm not sure I agreed with it. I mean, so I don't, okay. What do you think of, let's, let's just go with the big news right? and let's say like, let's say the C9 roster that I threw out there last, last night does actually stabilize and C9 is just trolling with all their like last minute. haha, it might change. Summit, blabber, fudge, Zven, Isles. Weaker, uh, stronger, side grade. My, my initial reaction would be downgrade. Um, I think Summit is potentially an upgrade over Fudge, but, and we'll talk about some of the um, potential issues with language, which I heard LS kind of tweeting about already. So we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that. But I think Isles for Vulcan is, is most likely a straight downgrade. Yeah. I think Fudge, even if he gets to become quite good, I would still hesitate to say that he reaches Perk's level. What I think about 2021 season, Perk's level? Yeah, yeah, even 2021 perks level. I mean, like, during the regular season, don't get me wrong, you know, perks made some big oopsies. Fudge will have games that that look better, you know, but I think, like, what perks does well was when push comes to stuff, he, he usually does well. And, like, at Worlds, he had some big games when they needed him. Even in those games where he was fucking up constantly, he was also still making plays sometimes, like that final Rogue match, you know? Like, I, I just think uh, even if Summit is an individual upgrade, it's probably still a downgrade for me in two positions. Yeah. Um, so, so that's why I, I lean towards downgrade though. It is, it, this is one of those like highly volatile ones where, you know, like you talk about the ceiling and the floor, they're, they're miles apart. Yeah. Okay. So um, let me throw, let me throw this out. I mean, I, I think we talked about this a little bit when you made a, an appearance on the stream earlier, but like n neither of us knows enough about feet to, to maybe say much. And again, he is like a 10% confidence level for TSM right now for me in the mid lane position. Like, I don't think anybody else is really throwing out names for... I wasn't done with Cloud. How much do you want me to talk about these teams? Because uh, the, the language barriers is something I actually do think is... is oh, yeah, no, go ahead. Sorry, I, I thought we were wrapped on it. No, no, I, I, well, that's why I was like, do we want to say this so much calls, calls or do you want to be a little bit more two of us today than, than takes? No, we, we can go for like another, I don't know. Let's just try to go through these for 10 minutes and then we can do some calls. Okay, so then I won't go longer. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just trying to figure out how much you want me to say. No, no, it's fair. It's uh, fair. It's fair. Um, uh, so for TSM, I, I said this when we were talking about it. Like, I haven't, I didn't watch Fate particularly closely because he wasn't on my Worlds prep. And, like, I only watch LCK for, like, shits and giggles when I'm bored or, like, it's late night and it, it comes on. Um, so uh, I will say people have said good things about him. That's great. I hope it works well. If they go life, I'm a big life fan. I like, you know, ruler and life and how good they were for a long period of time and stuff. Um, I think he can be a really good laning one, but he's basically the opposite in a lot of ways to Ignar. 
life, at least like historically, was not super close to um, Ignar's play style. So like those two names are, are very different in terms of what you want to do. Well, we should uh, throw in Mickey X now because that's what they were talking about on the stream. Mickey X as well is closer to Ignar uh, in terms of play style, like more about getting out of lane and, and influencing the map and stuff. Um, so I don't know. This is one for me where I, I would say maybe a side grade. Um, Tacticals, he makes some big mistakes, but probably a bit of an upgrade over Lost. Um, Fate over POE is a close one, depending on what your opinion of POE is, probably. Uh, I, I know people are hot on Fate and Korean import and all that kind of stuff, but I, I think POE is actually really good. And he, um, the thing that you have to realize is that, like, and this is going to be true for every import I talk about here, is that coming from a Korean ecosystem to a North American ecosystem is they will take a step back almost unanimously. Like how many imports have you seen do well in their respective home region and then come to North America and be slightly worse? Twitch chat. Great. Wait, JJ, pause for Twitch chat. One of the biggest ones. You guys are giving me a handful. Lust Boy, okay, he was, he was great. He wasn't like a, or he was pretty good. He wasn't a world-class impact. I agree. Impact's one of them. Mark yeah, is, Mark is reading takes... Twitch chat right now for the podcast. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm reacting to Twitch chat. A lot of them take big, pretty big steps back. Someday was potentially a top three top laner in the world when he left Korea to come to North America. Do you think after his first year in North America, anyone make a fucking case that he was a top three top laner in the world still in North America? That's actually one of my best examples of why you'd be wrong about this. Someday, he's great, don't get me wrong, I don't want this to be taken as, as shaded someday, but he, he didn't like elevate the team that he joined North America, Dignitas, even close to the finals. So like, I don't know, like if you think Summit will be someday 2.0, that's actually not a great case. <laughs> you know? Yeah, some, some come over and some do well. Like, GBM was actually someone who didn't, I don't think, transition very well at all. Phoenix beat his ass a lot of time in lane. I love Phoenix. He's one of my, like, I worked with him. But, like, yeah, if you were hyped about GBM, you saw what he did in North America, you would not be excited. All right. Should we move so on? My point is how well people transition from LCK to NA really depends on a case-by-case -case basis of how well they're going to adapt to the North American ecosystem. Not just culture shock. You're talking about the ladder experience being bad. A lot of a lot of Korean players are grinders, um, and it fucking tilts the shit out of them to play in North America. A lot of them get homesick. A lot of them don't necessarily have players that they want to talk to. If you go Ignar, and you get Huni, Spica, Fate, Tactical, Ignar, and I don't know what their coaching staff's going to be, but presumably no Koreans, and the only support system we have is, is potentially Huni, um, you know? Is Fate the kind of person? I don't know Fate very well. I'd have to ask people. But like, is Fate someone who's going to be okay in this environment? Um, you know, how, what houses English? Like these kinds of things are, are are I think relevant questions to ask. And I don't think you just go top three in LCK, number one in NA. You know, and you just fucking laser print their ass in there. You know, like it doesn't work like that. You don't just fucking laser print their ass in there. Yeah, Mark Z on offseason analysis. Okay. Throwing some words out, see what takes. Team Six. Liquid, Whippo, Santorin, Bjergsen, Hansama, CoreJJ. I hope you make the same argument for TL. Who is TL importing other than Whippo? 
Yeah, Hans. Oh, I guess Hans Sama too. Yeah. Yeah. Potentially. Of course. I think Whippo is a big question mark. Do, do people not think he's a big question mark? I think he's returning to top lane after a bit of time away. I think he should be good, the same way I'm predicting Summit to be good. I didn't say Summit was going to be bad, and I didn't say Fate was going to be bad, but I'm just saying that PoE, who has been top of top three in North America for multiple years in a row, I don't just instantly pencil Fate in because he's coming from Korea. That was my only stance here. And it's the same thing, you know, with Whippo. Like, I would be, I don't know if he's going to be the best top in North America. People say he is, um, but... He looked really good in the jungle. He's been really good in top lane. He can go back top lane, hopefully. And I think Team Liquid looks really good. I, I mean, I'm, I, I'm hot on Team Liquid. They, they. Do you think that they are, based off what we're seeing so far, the best team next year? Uh, or likely I to be? So. Like, if you had to bet money down yeah. right now. I Obviously, like... Yeah. Okay, go ahead. Gun to my head, yes. Yeah. Right so now, here's... TSM ends up being. Here's something that's fun. So they were saying, and, and I heard rumors of this, um, Gyoto to coach TL. And I think you and I might have even talked about this off air at one point in time. But, like, I find that fucking hilarious. Because I feel like Bwipo, Bjergsen, and Kor and, uh, are just going to have really big opinions on the way the game should be played. Some of those are going to be more outspoken than others. And I feel like Gyoto is also a really big personality. And so my take is, in order for Gyoto to successfully coach this team, he has to like out-ego everybody else and just like dominate the room. I feel like that is a room where there will be a lot of yelling and we won't see it because they don't stick that stuff on the YouTube channels anymore. But I I am very curious to see what that team is like for next year. That's how it has to go. Like, um, what about Grabs? Do you think he out-egoed Perks? No, Caps, but Grabs and Gyoto are so different as coaches. Probably, but my and point people. is that, I, I, sure, but I don't, I don't think you have, I mean, both of them, when they came over here, had equally fun time shitting on North America, and they have yeah, very yeah, strong yes. opinions if you talk to them outside the scene. Right, but we know that Grabs was team. a facilitator for G2. I don't, I've never heard Gyoto's the guy that's like, okay, guys, let's all sit in a circle and like figure out our opinions and like figure that stuff out, right? Like, saying this is a team that might just need facilitating. Maybe Gyoto can do that. I don't think he's been on like Uber Super Team before. I mean, OG was one of Origin rosters was supposed to be that, I think. Who knows? Maybe, maybe it, it crashed and burns, but um, I don't think he needs to wrangle every personality. So, so sorry. I am saying. He needs to because of the type of person he is. I'm not saying this team must have a coach who will out. Like, I think a grabs could potentially work. Like, if grabs was coming in here, I would say, like, oh, he can be the facilitator. He's going to have to wrestle all these personalities the way he did on G2. I just, I, admittedly, I do, I, I I've never been behind the scenes with Gyoto, but I don't yeah, think of yeah. him as a facilitator. I think of him as, like, a strong opinion guy who I'm not saying he's not going to listen to the players or anything like that. But I do feel like there could be moments where he's like him and Whippo are just like yelling at each other or something. You know what I mean? Like I have, I'm very curious because I, I also don't think that TSM has historically had a coach who comes in and like dominates that room. Bjergsen has. What? <laughs> Bjergsen's been the coach of TSM. That's for what years, I, that is my point exactly. Is that like? Like, yeah, he already has a coach. Here? It's Bjergsen. Do, do you really think, like, if anyone disagrees with Bjerg, uh, Steve's not going to sack their ass? And that is 
my point. You know what I mean? So let like that is why that is why the Gyoto move. I am excited for it, but I think it is so interesting because I would never look at this lineup with the people that are on it and be like, oh yeah, he's the guy to bring to bring in here. I'm not saying he's not going to do a good job, but I feel like it's a very interesting situation. I feel like one. Every team has a level of chemistry that you don't know about. And this to me does not scream particularly worse than some of the others. I don't know, you know, you're like, Gilhoto has to be the big man in the room. I don't, I don't know if that's true, dude. I, I've never worked with Gilhoto. I don't fucking know. Are we, are we incapable of assuming uh, any aspect of how Gyoto is as a coach based off of how we've seen him, for instance, interact with revenge on this show. Just, he's slapping him around for like, you don't think some coaches are adaptable. I, well, I either way, Listen, here's the thing. I don't fucking know this. This doesn't scream to me. Like you have five Dardox or something. All right. No, That's I'm not I'm saying. saying there's five Dardox here, Mark, I, but it's I, disingenuous I, to act I'm like saying. this is like a young team of rookies who are like, have no opinion on the game or anything oh like that. Oh my god! I'm just saying that, like, it's a group of veterans uh, coming together. In the together. same so, way, I'm not saying there's five Dardox. You are not saying that there's five rookies. I'm just like, I know. I'm saying like, I would be concerned about teams where like players have literally blown up teams around them. But this, like, none of these players have really done that, unless you want to say Bwipo this last year a little bit maybe, and like some of the self-made stuff, right? Okay. Like, Bwipo is the only player with any history of of that you know, thing you, you could you could argue a little bit. Bjergsen, yeah, he has a really strong head about how he wants to play the game. Santorin and Bjergsen have actually played together. I don't know Hansama personally, but um is there rumors about how like, No, I think Hansama is a quiet nice guy on this uh on this yeah. Santorin. So so like you have multiple quiet nice guys. It's not like five five players with strong opinions on the game. I didn't um, say there were, Mark. I know, but you're saying there's like these issues. I'm saying no. I can see the. I, I am not well. predicting Team Liquid to implode. I am just saying I think. I know. I know what you're saying. You're saying there's a chance that things don't go well because there's a lot of big personalities. I'm saying I don't think there's as many big personalities as you think. Okay. I think. Let's move on to EG level. Impact inspired JoJo Danny Vulcan. Looks fun. Let's have a good time. Up upgrade. Do you think? Uh. Uh, this one's hard to say. I'd say this is a side grade for now. Side grade? Yeah, I mean, I think because... a lot of questions around JoJo. Um, I think that that's going to be like the big thing for this one. Right, because Jusuke was a bit of a, you know, hit or miss. And when he hit, it was really good. And I think they, they won a lot of games with him. Uh, JoJo's really aggressive. I don't think he'll be quite the same player that Jusuke was, who ended up getting first All-Pro. It's big shoes to fill in that regard. Inspired probably a little bit better than Sven uh, right now. Uh, Valky and I personally probably have a little bit of a preference towards over Ignar, but you can't deny that Ignar made a lot of big play plays. So um, it's hard to say given that they're investing in JoJo and bringing in two other new players, but at least in terms of raw talent, it's it's not like a, a clear step down. Uh, 100T confirmed. I think they're the only team that's confirmed their roster, which is obviously pretty easy because all they're doing is expanding to have tenacity as a six man. So, yeah. side grade, right? <laughs> Upgrade, baby. Tenacity over someday. Okay, Woo! okay. Uh, IMT, Revenge, Xerxes, POE, Wild Turtle, probably Destiny. Um, this is the projection. Defending Sven and Chad. <laughs> 
This is the the Love projected. Um, is Revenge Xerxes Poe Wild Turtle Destiny upgrade? Yeah, upgrade for sure. Um, uh, no offense to Insanity and uh, Raise and stuff, but and, and Turtle, it's it's hard to judge because that CLG was just such a disaster, you know. Yeah. Um, but I think Poe is really good, and he'll be a really stable base in the mid lane. I feel like he's he can elevate there's some players who i don't have confidence in to elevate a team even if they are really good poe is the exact opposite of that i feel like he's so stable in the mid lane that unless like you literally put him in a trash trash can with his teammates um you know they'll still be okay yeah optic was was a bit of a trash can he still managed to almost get them into playoffs kicking and screaming he had a better influence on that team than crown did um i think i think uh he went to CLG immediately afterwards and helped get them to third. Um, so I, I, I'm a big, big POE fan. And so I, I think Xerxes and Revenge are, are decent. Turtle's a good backup carry. They've played together before um, on FlyQuest as well, where again, POE was able to help elevate that team. Um, so, you know, I think this is a, a decent lineup. I feel like this is a good, like, middle. Like could could team. steal some could sneak into top five at points in time, right? Like probably top six if the other teams all hit their peak, but they probably won't. And I don't think that this is a team that's going to explode. Do you yeah. know who their coach is, is projected to be if Kyoto leaves? Uh, all right. I haven't said this name or heard it anywhere, but it's rumored to be Zix. Okay, cool. Um, dig. Uh, this is the wild one. Anatron, yeah. Fake God, River from PSG, Blue from SK Neo, and then support is undecided. I mean, I threw Biofrost in here because I've heard that they were having some conversations with him, but I don't know if that's going to go anywhere. Ah. Uh, Who I mean, knows? Get that bag, River, but I don't know what he's going to do here. I mean, so I upgrade, mean, upgrade or, or downgrade? I think it's a downgrade. Um, even if they put out the same performance as last year, it's still a downgrade. Isn't that kind of fucked? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because even if they put out the same performance, they will have paid more money and used more import slots instead of developing talent for the most part. I don't know if they will um, have paid, out, or paid more money. You think Afro and Dardock were more expensive than Blue and River? I think Afro Bio? definitely was. Afro's been getting paid well for a while, I think. Still, he wasn't quite in the million plus. Eh, maybe you're right. Because I assume Blue wasn't actually that expensive. I mean, theoretically, I think you can pay... Like, I'm not saying they are doing this, but I would well, not be surprised if there's LCS minimum on several of these players. I'll still say, even if this is a cheaper roster than that previous one, the other point I made still stands true. Whereas if yeah, they yeah. just get, like, fifth, sixth, and bust her out of playoffs, I think a lot of people will kind of be upset, actually. Yeah. I'm excited to see what they can prove. I mean, uh, if this is for, if this is like an Anatron roster, if this is like an Anatron roster, and uh, he's coming in and building something like incredible, see the secret Dignitas roster that takes the LCS by storm. How excited would that be? So hard, you can say it. As I say, there's no D and F tier teams in the LCS mark, as we said during my nothing about this team that makes me excited, probably other than River, because I do like River a lot from PSG. 
And fake odd. You like fake odd Neo. I don't want to make it sound Yeah, like I was going to say, you collected. don't like Neo? I, I like them fine enough. But, like, as as a collective, this is this is giving me CLG last year vibes. Where you looked at the lineup and you are like, but why? That's well, the only thing that's nice about this lineup is, like, last year I think CLG was in the middle of the pack for spending. Because they were bringing in, like, Finn and Broxer or whatever. And so, like, oh, yeah, but- I, there are two ways to look at this team, right? It's like... Like at the like this is this is potentially better for Dig than last year if they if you're just thinking about the money they can put up probably they can do the whole like win as many games as power that they got from last year yeah yeah that's true we'll see uh fly quest upgrade downgrade Kumo Jose Diodo Takuli Johnson Affirmate I think I'm the only one that's mentioned Kumo but I think the other four have all been been out been said uh, so Takuli I I don't know. This is this is kind of one of the three between Fate, Takuli, and uh, who's the other one I was saying I hadn't watched a lot of. Um, There's one other player. Yeah, Blue. Sorry. Those. So those are the three players that that we've talked about so far that I, I haven't watched. Like for. Well, yeah, presumably you haven't watched. Oh, that we've talked so far. Sorry. Continue. Was there someone else you're gonna say? Uh, Pride Stalker, who who we haven't. Um, no, I, I actually have a little bit more from it because i feel like i heard good things about him in lec a while ago and there was a there's a period of time i thought where he was potentially going to come over i don't know maybe maybe i'm forgetting i think of someone else but pride soccer is a name that's been been around for a minute anyways uh for fly quest uh yeah i don't i don't know i don't really have strong thoughts about them uh side grade i'll go side grade if you don't want to go anywhere yeah, I guess. I mean, last year was kind of a... They just started, like, throwing shit at the wall. And this kind of feels like they did it again. <laughs> uh, Golden Guardians. Licorice, Pride Stalker, Olive, Lost, Ole. I'm willing to say upgrade over last year. I mean, people, Especially like... Especially for spring last year. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly, exactly. That's what I mean. And that's what I think. So on that post where people are saying is is the LCS weaker, or stronger than last year, I do think you have to look at spring, and you can't go end of summer to beginning of right. spring as a comparison point because one is like teams after they figured out which parts aren't working, like hundred thieves is like okay, we need to make a change in mid lane. Let's get grab Abadaga. But I think if you compared hundred thieves in spring, it's like wow, that that's obviously a lot better. And so I, that's kind of how I look at some of this stuff is like Gar- Golden Guardians in spring. Yeah, this is better. Um, so, uh, I it doesn't quite have too much to get hyped about in terms of like development, but I do want to see what Olive can do with more individual talent around him. Because I think you know, Pride Soccer is going to be better. Um, Loss versus Stixay, probably an upgrade. It, it was it's hard to tell though because they they were in two really different situations. Um, and Ole coming back is interesting. I hope it works out. I really hope it does. But that's actually a, a big question I mean, mark it's, for me. There's been volatility there before. Yeah. Fifth Laren, who's the VP of, of esports at Dig. I know that's what Mark is reading right now, so I'll read it for everybody else. Uh, you say that, Mark, uh, but it took the desk three months to remember who our coach was even. We're trying something new. I'm excited for all the rosters heading in next year. I think a big problem is that it's very hard to please the league fans. And they have very strong opinions, but even if people say that 2022 might look weaker, long term might be a whole different story. Rome was saying the Dest didn't know Diggs coach last year. 
I mean, that, is that, that, is, that is what Fifth is mentioning. At one point I knew who, you, who your coach was because he DM'd me to complain about the fact that you didn't say who your coach was. I memed you for not announcing your coaching staff correctly. I knew who it was because your coach reached out to me. <laughs> I'll let you guys figure that out offline. Um, and then our final lineup is CLG, Jenkins, Contracts, Palafox, Luger, Poom. Side grade? Uh, upgrade. I'll, I'll, so this is, I will say, a speculative upgrade on my end. Because spring, their spring lineup was, uh, I was think, Finn, Broxa, Pobelter, Turtle, Smoothie. Was that? And then they benched Pobelter and went RJS before yeah, spring yeah, 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 started, yeah. if yes. I remember correctly. Yes. Um, so, I mean, I think if you, it's very speculative because going into the last year, I think people, well, we, I remember we were kind of like, uh, this is like kind of an interesting roster, but kind of like it was the middle of the pack roster. I'm saying it's an obvious upgrade. I think it, I don't think it's obvious from a spring pers like, I don't know. Right. That's, that's what I was going to say is from last year after watching them get ninth, like, yeah, it's a lot easier to be excited about this team. But I think, um, and there's other like narrative points that are much happier. If you showed me this roster for CLG and CLG's roster from last year, I'm still more excited for this roster because last year's roster was like a bunch of veterans with a very low ceiling. That, that's what we all said. And then it was even worse than that. Yeah. But here, it's a bunch of people who I'm excited to see more of. I, I can't wait to see Luger in the LCS. Contracts return. Jenkins actually getting a starting spot and hopefully having some confidence behind him where, you know, it doesn't feel like he has this looming thing over his shoulder with all the drama that was going on and palafox like i said he's probably the biggest question mark for me on the team um but i overall i'm still like excited to see him continue to get chances i don't think like, he's bad or anything um so that, that's why for me this is a, a big upgrade i think it will do better than last year's lineup i actually think they could be good but also even if they are like seventh eighth you know in that yeah category, this is kind of like a yeah it's like you, it's, you are better off if even if you get the same result, you are in a better position than you were last year getting that yeah. result. Yes. Yeah. I agree with that. You you've gotten one of the best junglers from Academy who was starting a lot of games at, by the end. Luger, who's generally considered the best AD carry in Academy, Jenkins, who is amongst the best tops in Academy and, and actually played quite well with his limited time in the LCS. You know? So and Pal Fox was decent in the LCS. I I'm very excited. You didn't mention Poom. You didn't mention Poom, Mark. Is this another poo gang situation? Is that what's happening here? Yeah. No, no. I just mean like I, I often just like lump lump him in with with Luger because um, he was he was part of that bot lane. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure you do. All right. This poor man has to live out the damage you've done. Obviously, played well to to play around uh, Luger, and I think that they play more lane dominant than roam heavy. That's why it's easier. Like if 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 Luger was a weak side carry, I'd feel much more inclined to be like. Gotta talk about this, but yeah, they're they're both good together. Yeah. Okay, so that is uh, the projected rosters that we have. Again, there's some some stuff that could change there, but Mark and I have just done the rundown. So overall, LCS upgrade, downgrade, side grade year over year. Now that we've gone team by team, I say. I say this is fuck. I say here's what I say. I think our average has gone up. Yeah, I think there will be more parity in the league, but our high end has gone down. Our peak has gone down. 
yeah, it's it's hard to be as excited, I think, um, than you were last year. But I also don't think it's like I think it's an upgrade for some of the for like the majority of the league in some ways. I don't know, actually. I Maybe here's what I will say. Even separating the quality of the league, holy shit, does the broadcast have their work cut out and like getting people to be hyped for next year. They could either go all it on Bjergsen or they really have to do a lot of work to come in and be like yeah, no Jensen, but here's why JoJo is somebody you should pay paint. And I'm not saying they shouldn't be excited for JoJo, but like fans need to be told why they should be excited for JoJo. Because like I don't think before the off season, the vast majority of LCS fans knew who JoJo was. Quite frankly, I'm guessing today they still don't because you know the people that are following this stuff are the more hardcore. It's it's funny because like I feel like our like viewer base is so biased to being in the know. And then I go on Reddit and people are like, who's EG replacing Jazuke with? Yeah, 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 exactly. And this one's like JoJo and they're like, who the fuck is that? Yes, yes. Whereas we've been talking about the JoJo versus Jensen stuff for a couple of weeks or, you know, EG starting JoJo. So yeah. that's that's what I mean is like, like it, it is tough, I think, because I mean, we've talked about it before. We don't need to go super down this road again, but like, you put a bunch of investment in telling people to be excited about Perks joining the LCS. Then he leaves the next year, and you're like, Bjergsen's back. Ed Jojo um, is uh, is here. Um, you and I talked about this before, too, but I, I definitely feel like mid lane is, depending depending on what we see from uh, TSM, Like I think mid lane is in a really weird position this year, um, or this coming year in LCS. Yeah. I think um, what's weird about this offseason, too, is is from a narrative level, the storylines, like the big, like if you were to sum up this offseason in a couple, like, main storylines, it wouldn't even be about individual players. Like last year would have been the big three joining an A, Perks, yeah. Alfari, Sword Art. This year's is what the fuck happened with contracts? Yeah. You know, like that's the Not the CLG season. player. Not uh, the jungler <laughs> contracts, but just he like, ruins so much conversation in the league. Right? <laughs> I just, I just glaze right over it. And yeah, 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 yeah. Like, I understand what I'm talking about, but yes, I think but it like, makes it harder to, to talk about this off season because the big storyline is not which player went where, but like what the hell just happened and why teams are. Yeah, how do we get here? It's so it's true. Like, so I did a stream where I recorded and I haven't released it yet. I need to do it like a video on the economy of off-season and like the three major trends that I saw this year that explain a lot of this stuff, you know, because people come in and they're like, how are we in a world where like, we don't see Jazuke and Jensen starting on teams this year, given how last summer went? And it's a great question. Um, in fact, for the Jazuke one, I don't have much of an answer. That one actually, like, he's a free agent. Like, people could pick him up. But um maybe he just doesn't want to play for one of these bottom tier teams or something i don't know but uh the, it is just like it is fascinating the amount of players that are going to be sitting on the sidelines presumably um and a little sad uh quite frankly like i we're gonna have to i have already asked tim for us to redo the uh, video we did last year about the turnover rate of players and like the churn in the lcs because uh, this year I feel like it might be higher than any other year. Like in last year was higher than every other year. So it's actually, I don't know. It is, it is crazy. Um, it is crazy. Yeah. People in the chat saying rookies are more interesting. Uh, 
maybe to you, but you have to like you have to get fans to care about this stuff, and I feel like it's going to be tough whenever they tune in and like they haven't been paying to off season, paying attention to off season, and their favorite team now has none of the players that they had on it last year, and they're like, I've been a CLG fan forever, and none of these five players ever. <laughs> CLG fans are not included in this. What's sexier to you? CLG's lineup, or if Bjerks or Doublelift joined Jensen and they did a revenge tour against TL and TSM, like what's yeah. an easier sell to the average fan? Yeah, to be excited about. Uh, who would want Doublelift? Okay, anyway, yeah, yeah. There's a ton of. Here's the thing: you're gonna have in our chat. You're gonna have a bunch of people that go. Wait, where are my stupid glasses? I have some stupid glasses around for. Why are people like in this. chat asking about your glasses? What? No, I'm asking, or I was trying to find the goofy glass. Oh, here we go. I know, I know, I know. They have, there's a bunch of people in the chat that are going to be like, um, excuse me, it is way more interesting to see these players, not Demolift and Jensen. Demolift is washed and Jensen, blah, blah, blah. You know, had a bad season last year. And it's like, guys, you are not the average league viewer. Like, People at LCS know Doublelift. They know Jensen. They don't know these other players. It is fine for us to replace them, but it just means that there's a ton of work that's being done to teach and excite and endear a new audience to a new generation of league players. And one, I think it's been tough. The LCS has not done the best job of it previously. And two, it's incredibly difficult because who knows if fuck any of these players are going to be playing next, you know, in 2023. Like... That's also part of the problem is like, it's just, it's, we were all beating the fucking rookie drum last year. And then I don't, I don't feel like that panned out a ton. Like Danny popped up. Well, that was great. And like, speak it continued to be good fudge. There's definitely some examples, but like for the most part, um, I don't know. We didn't, we didn't do a great job in a lot of the Masha. I guess that's always the way it's going to go, but it's spawn in chat saying imagine the commentators having to do their job mark hasn't watched a vod in five years uh i think you watch vods mark i believe in you i watch a lot of vods yeah i watch hey, look at spawn VODs. spawn 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 stops being a caster and he just sits on the sideline as a coach down throws fucking eggs at people like haha Spawn called my joke before I even said it. He said not, not Genshin VODs. Not Genshin VODs. Yeah, it's true. Uh, I was trying to stream yeah. Genshin earlier and, and Spawn put expletives in the chat. All right. I was talking to Travis and I were hanging out this weekend because he had to escape his apartment for a couple hours for some reason. And uh, he was like, let's watch some Genshin content while, like, on, my, on your TV while we play Genshin. And I was like, I've already watched everything that we want to watch because I watch it 2x speed and I just have something up 24-7, whether it be Genshin, League, physics videos, uh, stuff about fantasy or just okay, we don't, constantly 2x speeding shit. We don't have as much time for personal anecdotes, even though I know they're the charm of the show. Uh, we're, I never do this, but because we spent so much time just ranting about stuff at the first half of the show. It's time for a quick ad while Mark gets ready to take our callers. Uh, callers, you know what to do. Actually, I guess because we have 4,000 people right now, they probably don't know what to do. Mark, you want to explain how it works? No. There's enough of them already in there. If it's your first time here, then you should have fucking watched the other episodes when there weren't a bunch of okay, okay. people here. Join the Discord. It's discord.gg slash Travis. I'll put it in the chat. You can do your exclamation mark Discord if you need it. Join the subtopics or pleb topics channel, depending on if you're a sub or not. 
what we'd like is less of questions and more of takes. So for instance, I think Hunter T is going to be the best team next year for whatever reason, or I think CLG is going to be the best team, or I really hope that the C9 roster isn't what uh, it's been reported to, to be, or I think TSM should sign Faker. That type of stuff, please put it there. Whenever Mark, Mark reviews these, he'll move you into the waiting room. Uh, if you're in the subtopics channel, uh, if you're a sub, you can put it there. It moves a little slower. I'm sure it's a busy night tonight. And then we will pull you in there and you'll just wait and then Mark will come get you and do an audio check and all that stuff. So that's how the show works if you want to call in. Uh, while that is happening, while Mark is doing that, I would like to talk about our sponsor tonight and every night, which is Alienware. And uh, our first ad break. Uh, Alienware, there's an amazing Alienware computer you might see behind me. They have just released their Aurora R13 and R14s, which are now available over at alienware.com slash Travis. Uh, and they also have, as always, I am sure, some wonderful Black Friday deals coming up. If you are looking for a great deal on a computer, monitor, accessories, go take a look at Alienware. Again, doing that through Alienware.com slash Travis is incredibly helpful. Uh, we love we love it whenever folks want to do that. In fact, if you go to that URL, let me just double check and make sure the banner is still there. Yes, there is. You can check out the new Alienware Aurora by clicking the link up at the top. That is very helpful when you do that because it helps Alienware know that this is a thing and that it allows me to pay Mark 50K an episode, which is the number that he he requires one Niski diff, I believe is the uh, the way that that is described. It's um, now a unit of measurement, is Niski yes, diff? Yes, <laughs> We didn't even talk about that. Um, oh, I, got a, I got a call for it, don't worry. Okay, cool. Uh, <laughs> so um, anyway, uh, check out Alienware. We love their support of the show. Uh, it is incredibly helpful whenever you guys help us out in order to get the help from them about the help. It's all help. Uh, so anyway, thank you so much to Alienware for their support of the show. And uh, check them out whenever you are doing some holiday shopping. This, this I was going to say off season. This holiday season. It's all the same, I guess. It is the off season. Um, anyway... Mark Zimmerman. I'm thinking, Travis, there's a lot of takes, obviously, because there's a lot of uh, viewers tonight. I'm thinking maybe we go a little bit faster through them. Um, so callers, like, have your take ready to go, and we'll probably... We will cut you off if you start reading your essay. We don't always do that, but uh, tonight, if you I have... Think tonight, given that we start late because we had more to say at the beginning and all that. You yeah. Know? Don't rush through it, but, like, please make it concise. We don't need the history of every player, which sometimes people tend to do. Um... You look compared to 2020 C9. You look at player A and just think about them. And you look at player B and you look think about them, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. Mark is off grabbing the first caller. There's a ton of subs that are coming in tonight. And first off, I really appreciate it. Um, I'm going to try to get through as many of these as I can. But if not, I will see them after uh, the stream. Uh, thank you to Flick Nickum, a large Farva, for gifting us a tier three sub to Avli May. Okay. Our first caller is here, Zextrap. Zextrap, where are you calling from? New Hampshire. New Hampshire. What do you want to talk about on the show? Uh, my take was that the TSM X deal is bad. And the main reason it's bad is because EU players coming to NA, like really good ones, seem to always just go back after staying here for one year. And that's not what TSM wanted. At least that's what I got from the Bjergsen leaving video. And I don't know. It's just kind of cringe i'll keep it short since you said you wanted to keep it short no it's a fair it's a fair point when who was the last player to stay 
are there EU players that showed up last year that are sticking? Oh, Abadage, although he came in halfway through. Um, I'm I guess closer to two years ago. There's a couple, but yeah, there's definitely a lot of boomeranging that happens. I mean, but even with Abadage and Closer, they're not people who had success in their like Closer sort of did, did but he's like coming from a minor league. Abadage was like middle of the pack in Schalke. Like people like Perks, Alfari. Even like Fabian, they come into this league and they're expected to win everything and they don't. And then they kind of get homesickness by the end or something doesn't work out and they just leave. And you're basically just giving these EU teams like a big fat paycheck every time you do this rather than developing good players for the long term, as TSM said they are going to. Yeah. Thank you. I think it's a good point. Uh, like, Fabivan's a good call out. I know people are being like recency bias, recency bias, but there are other examples. I think, you know, Fabivan did cry for at first on clutch. I think after a little bit, it seems like the NA environment warmed down a little bit, but like um, Finn as well, I think he tried while he was here, but like, you know, there's, he got released from CLG. Who knows how long he wanted to be there, but it is a bigger question that I think North American teams should be asking is like this player, yes, you can sign them, but why are they coming here? Does Mickey want to play on TSM for an extended period of time and they think he's the future? Or is this something to do while navigating contract jail and looking for a better opportunity in 2023? I don't know Mickey very well. I don't know. You know, he he seems very nice. I have seen him at all-star events and stuff. He doesn't strike me as the type. Uh, but, you know, like... But, I mean, we are in a situation where it does seem like the options are running out on the LEC side. Yeah, for sure. And so, like, I think it's a very fair question for people to have when building a team is, like, what is what am I getting out of this player versus, like, someone like Ignar, who has been in North America for an extended period of time. And, you know, you could say, well, if things work out well here, maybe we actually have our support for the next couple of years, which which feels like a bigger question mark. I mean, yeah, I think it's, I think it's a really good point. And I also think it echoes back to what TSM was saying in their initial video, which it seems like they wanted to kind of build for like the long term. And I I mean, I'm not saying Mickey X is going to retire anytime soon, but you would have thought that they like, that's why when I, I see other names associated with TL or sorry, with TSM, it feels a little bit more in line with what they positioned their vision for this off season looking like for them is like, what's who, who are the players that are going to be on TSM for a long time going forward? Um, and I, it's, it's hard to imagine that like, and then Mickey X just became like a, four or five year long TSM player and like the next Bjergsen. That, Maybe that'll that happen. That age but. is kind of dead. You know, like TSM for a period of time was the de facto flagship team in the LCS that if you want to be good, you went there and like you made your name there, whatever. And people stayed for a long period of time. One turnover in the entire LCS is higher and two, TSM's not that team anymore. Um, so like there's a period of time where TSM fans could be excited because anyone who joined their team clearly wanted to join their team because it's TSM. Whereas like now they could just be seen as something to hit your wagon to for a year. And Kelsey was making fun of me for saying he seems nice. I meant Mickey doesn't seem like the kind of player that gets a really- he doesn't seem like a snake. Comes to North America to snake yeah. a, uh, some money or think he's gonna dominate. That's what I meant when I said he seems nice. Like I just can't see, like Mickey doesn't strike me as the kind of guy to think he's going to come and just shit all over North America. He's a God kind of like inflated ego thing. Yeah. Can I add on the personality thing? Like sure, he also really quickly, seems yeah. like a quiet guy or like someone who'll just kind of do as he's sort of told. And so therefore he might not be as like resistant to this move against 
the G2 like management, but then coming to a whole new country, as you saw with Perks, it's like hard to adjust and it might be hard for him to adjust. So he'll like the result, he probably won't say anything in the beginning and then later it'll be like, oh yeah, I really struggled a lot there. So that's the other side of being nice is that you don't tend to share a lot of your struggles. Well, I don't, I don't want to go, I know Mark mentioned like being nice, but I don't want to go too far down like the personality assessment for for Mickey X and how, how it goes. But yeah, I mean, it is, it, it just con continues the, there's a lot of questions. I hope TSM is doing like a thorough interview about like, cool, why are, do you want to come here? Is it because Carlos has realized this is a financial opportunity? Uh, <laughs> or is it, is it because you see yourself being a TSM member for two to three years? Um, you know, I don't know. So. Thank you so much for the call. Anything you want to shout out, Zextrap? Uh, shout out some of the NA mid laners and other talents that are coming up. The pipelines, Counting Grounds is cool. Uh, yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you so much for the call. We'll catch you next time. Okay. I see some people putting predictions for like rankings of teams. I saw like the Golden Guardians is going to be top three or four in the LCS. That's a great take. Probably not for this week, though, when we still don't know all the teams locked in. Uh, there's plenty of time left in the offseason, so like I think we'll get more of the prediction takes later. I think it's more about reacting to the news and, and rosters. Um, so just as a heads up for people still posting takes. I'm still pulling uh, yeah. people, but yeah. just a little note. Okay, off mark goes. Uh, some more subs. Thank you to... Uh, Blue Frost, Sour Stezerman, Smoke Dog for 29 months, Shuval for one year, Backlog Bandit, uh, Team Corgi Mid, Zypher, Selly, uh, Mori, thank you for the 88 uh, Raiders. That's awesome. Mac to Ace for two years in a row. Uh, Guffy Fu, uh, Ch Chewy, uh, Bad Badger Yar, Sherikon for a year and a half, Fox Shroud, and Paperman. I think there's probably some other subs, but stuff is kind of acting wonky. And we've got Iron Vaults here. Iron Vaults, where are you calling from? Uh, I'm calling from Chattanooga, Tennessee. And you've you've called in before, yes? No, I'm a oh. long-time listener, first-time caller. And long-time subber. I'm always recognizing your name. I always love it whenever Thanks. somebody I know that has been around the channel for a very long time calls in for the first time. Okay, well, what do you want to talk about on the show? Um, I have the Niski take coming up, your payment for tonight. Okay, here we go. Here we go. <laughs> um, so my take is Niski being jobless is the biggest disappointment of the offseason because he is one of the most reliable players, both in-game and out-of-game available. And almost every team in LCS and LSE would benefit from having him as a mid laner. Do you, do you see that over Jensen? Um, I think... Um, so one of the positives I wanted to go through is that like both in game and out of game seems to keep a really level head and over Jensen possibly, um, during his time on C9, it seemed like he was able to play at a high level while also being very selfless, playing whatever his team needs him to play, being able to learn whatever champ that his ne team needs him to play, basically doing whatever his team needs him to do in order to win. And I think being that selfless while also being self-confident in his ability is a pretty rare thing to come across and i think it's just a real tragedy that no team has bothered to try well to successfully you, yeah. pick him up so far 
I want to be careful because I think there's a lot of people like when there's a contract in place and there's a buyout, and especially this year as we've we've seen buyouts be such a huge factor in this stuff. I I I just want to put it out there that there's a lot of people that are like, I can't believe no team ever. This is not what I'm saying. You did, yeah. But like some people will believe, wow, this player doesn't have a team. It's because no team was interested in them, and like. There's a lot of factors. Sometimes the player doesn't want to play for them. Sometimes the team uh, doesn't want to pay the buyout, et cetera, et cetera. So it's not not always a situation where just like no one was interested. Yeah, in yeah. But, that's why I, I didn't want to say that uh, like yeah. no team tried to pick up. No team was successful in picking up, which is kind of a shock after hearing the numbers that came out that their fanatic was wanting 350k from G9 allegedly. Well, well what's um, interesting is I I think. So it felt like to me there were a lot of C9 fans who were just so anti-Niski, um, which yeah. was was interesting and disappointing to me because, like, at one point in time, obviously, he was in play for C9. And that stuff got out, and then so many of the fans were like, no, we don't want him. And, like, I actually think Niski is great. Like, you already know that he's got great synergy with Blabber. Uh, he, like, I am... And, by the way, I know there's... Uh, I, think, I think Jack is getting a little... Tired of some of the stuff he's seeing right now because he he and Tim Seven Houston were uh, having an altercation, which I, I Morpheus is fighting Neo. Yeah, it's very strange to see Tim. Anytime I see Tim get accidentally walk into drama, it's always very funny to me. He's yeah, the, I least think dramatic that, um, like that's why I didn't want to make it just about being disappointed that C Nine didn't get him. I think that like pretty much any LC, almost any LCS or LEC team would benefit from having him, um, yeah. especially looking at the rosters that have come out. It's very shocking to me that a player with so much upside, um, a really good attitude, as far as we know, um, did not get picked up for the price that Fnatic was asking for him. So Niski tweeted really quickly, just because he said this yeah, about an hour ago. Last minute buyout wasn't everything. The timing of negotiations yeah. is very important, but this offseason was a fucking joke, not going to lie. Uh, so that's, yeah. that's what he tweeted. I can understand him being frustrated. Mark, you want to dive in? To the caller's point, you know, like, I don't think this is the upgrade for every team. Um, yeah. But I, I do think it's maybe the biggest tragedy of the offseason, which I'll agree with, just because... Yeah. Um, I can't think of a time that Niski like went out there and didn't live up or exceed the expectations he had for him. I mean, I the only he... time I can think of is when he came to NA for Envy. And then, and like... Then, he was okay. I mean, I don't think people were expecting a world beater then. Then he went back to Splice and did well. Then he went to yeah. Cloud9 and did even better. Then he went to Fnatic and did well again. And I think there's been times where he's struggled a bit, like, internationally. Um, I feel like he's gotten beaten up a, a few times, yeah. but... But overall, I, I totally agree that he is, I think, underrated because of the selfish nature that, that he has. And then out of game, I totally agree. This dude's one of the fucking funniest people in the scene. He's always joking around with the community. Where oh, in, yeah. in a time where a lot of pros are like clamming up or don't aren't good about being personalities, like he he does have that fun side to him. So I'm I super think, like, as like I was actually pretty skeptical of him when he came back to NA. Um, and join C9. Like, I was pretty skeptical that um, joining, like, a top team like C9, he would be able to live up to those expectations. But to me, he actually kind of went above and beyond them um, just because of how selfless he was and his attitude, but also his growth. And I think the fact that he's kind of 
continually like gone on an upward trend of growing throughout his career is actually another like really good sign and like another really good reason that teams should be looking to sign him um especially considering a lot of the people that have been signed so far yeah yeah we'll we'll see i mean i i i think niski i am less worried for players like niski and jensen because one their teams are now incredibly incentivized to move them. Like the idea of these guys sitting on the bench and just collecting fat paychecks, um, like they, they, these teams need to find a home for them now uh, or release them, in which case they're just a free agent. Anybody can pick them up. And then again, like they might just get to take spring off. You know, like that's a, that's a situation that I think there's a good chance that we see a lot of these folks return whenever somebody's like, one, they might be like, all right, fine, my ego's set aside. I'll take less money or go to a team I wasn't thinking about. Two, other teams might be like, ah, our mid laner isn't working out the way we wanted to. So like Niski or Jensen or whoever else, like, why don't you come see, in? I think you'll see a lot of Abadaga-esque moves from last yeah, year. Where there's I definitely like a think hole so. That, that one of these players is going to fill um, and the paycheck situation will be easier to deal with when, um, you know, teams teams have realized the buyout, you're not going to get as much. And the player's like, well, I'm not going to play if I don't accept this. And like all, everything just, just drops down, comes easier a little bit. Yeah, yeah, I mean, hopefully we see him come back. It'd be good, and uh, even if it doesn't come to, even if he doesn't come to NA, uh, it'd be good to see him come back again. And if not, hopefully we can at least enjoy some streams. <laughs> Thank you, Einvolts, for the call. Anything you want to shout out before we go on to our next caller? Oh, shout out Game Fuel, Alienware. Shout out to you guys. Been watching you for a long time, so it's been fun to actually come on the show for once. Thanks. Thank you. See. You. All right, uh, Sharecon, thank you for the 18 months. Fox Shroud, thank you for the eight. Uh, Paperman, I think I said you guys out earlier. Selyeth, thank you for the, the uh, Prime and Socha TV. Thank you as well. Mark is grabbing the next caller right now. Um, we are in the free agency window. If you guys are just joining, we've been covering that. Uh, we're going on almost the, we're almost at eight hours for today's stream. Uh, so if I'm a little more wild than normal, you understand why, hopefully. Prophet is here. Prophet, where are you calling from? Hey, calling in from uh, New York, Manhattan. New York. Welcome to the show. What do you want to talk about? Thank you. Um, listen, I know every year there's a ton of churn, but I think the way teams are focusing on rookies, which on potential, I think this is the end for a lot of like classic veteran league players that we didn't think were going to have their careers cut short so soon. So I'm thinking players like... I think people like Stick say DeMonte, like Cody Sun, Zazel, even like LEC people like Broxa, I think this is it. Um, and even below them, there's a ton of players that are not yet retired. I think this is just, they're done um, too. So I just wanted to get your thoughts on that because that was like, those are the players that I, that were just in league when I started watching. Uh, I don't think they're going to be able to find a way back into the into the like top echelons of League of Legends. Yeah, I, I think that is very true. Uh, and it's kind of sad. Um, in some sense, it makes sense because I think some of the players you named have been around for a while. They've kind of stopped putting out the results that they had a long time ago. I don't think people think that they're going to rise back up again. And their value is now more as like vets that can hang out in a development roster and help like coach other players and add some stability and all that stuff. And rather than just writing like five rookies, you can throw some of those folks in. But yeah. as we are churning, so much people in the chat spamming churn. That's the keyword for today. Oh. What was that, Mark? Are you okay? 
um, as as we are as we are churning in the LCS, uh, I think it's unfortunately a side effect that like when you're you're throwing so many players out every year, you're going to catch a lot of these guys that have been around for a while. So yeah. I'm I'm very curious to see how this stuff goes. Uh, I, I know I mentioned. I also that a lot. feel like it's it's extra sad for the players because so much of the focus is on the superstars and some of the, the crazy shit happening around them. Um, and they don't feel like they're getting like the normal send off that like, oh, this guy had been a veteran for a long time and has you know kind of slipped through the cracks now, like Apollo and and some of the other players throughout the year. It's years. like X Smithy, like. Last like Apollo, I think at least put it out there or did the interview with me. X Smithy just like disappeared last year, and yeah. then everyone's like, "Oh, did he retire?" You know, it's just like, who knows? That, and that's how it feels right now for a lot of these like mid listers, I guess you'd call them, because all the focus is on the Jensens and the double lifts and the Niskies and uh, some of the craziness that's going on with Reckless in the LFL. <laughs> like, you know, in the meantime, you miss all the names that aren't getting picked up again. Um, which makes it feel, feel weirder. I know, I know, Zazel is in the news cycle, but even someone like Zazel, like he feels like a, like a, a couple of years ago, he was like the next up and coming rookie. Like it's hard for me to ever imagine. I mean, obviously something can happen. I know he was in the news cycle recently, but like, what team realistically is going to take a shot on them? There's tons of players in every single role right now that aren't like we have Jizuki, like literally without a team. Um, I just don't know what these players would do. Like, what would you even do at this point? You just like pool Niles and just retire quietly and call it a day. I mean, so, so I Zazel, like, I think we might still see in the future yeah. as, as an example, because he was in the running at, at dig. And then I just heard some like last minute stuff for, for Zazel ended up changing that. So I, I don't know the details there, but, but no, yeah. there's, there's a lot of like people you mentioned, for instance, Dixay and Broxa. I think great examples of players were like, I hope we get to see them again because I like them personally. And yeah. I think they've got great personalities and like they've had great moments in their career that like i love to see them get back to but like i don't i have i don't have the confidence that we will like it yeah. could just be that like last year unfortunately they end on a very quiet note and then we don't see them again i don't know yeah. um so i we'll think stay. that is really sad and on a day like today as mark pointed out as there's so much like whoa this player's going here this player's going here and then even in a situation where it's like the players that are not going where it's like everybody is focused on Jensen and Jizuke, like a Broxen and a Stixe don't don't get as much attention, which is just the way the system is, but it's um it's kind of sad. The glimmer of hope I'll give is for players who can hopefully do something like contracts um, and you know work their way back through the system until they get a shot. And it worked for Benji who who did it uh, as well and like, you know, people can kind of work their way back up. It's a really long grind and I understand why people don't want to do it. Um, yeah. But uh, for a player like Zazel, you know, I hope he, he can find an amateur team or an academy team, smurf on some kids and then like get get a shot at it. Yeah, Ole just did it as well, like stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, Mark, do you think there's a world where, especially as we're building out these amateur and academy teams, it might make sense. I mean, maybe this is like a Kelsey question. Maybe she's going to vomit in the chat when she hears me say this. But like, like, I feel like there's a world where you kind of have like a player coach and I don't mean that in the typical term, but like send sticks a, if he doesn't have a team right now to like an amateur team on one of these, these organizations that want to develop uh, talent and just like, he's a nice enough dude that I don't think he's going to like rage at people. He probably has a ton. He can teach those guys while playing on that team. He can help lead them to success. Like 
like that i i wonder if there's a world where like some of these players as the development team or development side is starting to build out more have the opportunity not just to be like a contract where it's like going back to academy to try to get their way back in but actually going in with the intention of actually developing the talent that is there yeah i know what you're saying uh i wonder i mean the academy amateur ecosystem is one that I don't know if that's what a lot of them would want to do because in academies, or excuse me, amateurs, you're saying you don't really have any income. So unless you're on one of, like you're saying, the org teams that have an amateur team. Yeah. So uh, that feels like for a lot of people, they would rather just try coaching or just outright retire or move on. You know, like I can understand why teaching a group of younger players for little to no income would be not something you're excited about. Yeah. Do you guys think this shift is like a problem? Like you, it's just something that we were like, oh, we need more, we need more teams, or is it just a natural state of like NA taking more bets on rookies? Well, well, I'll say this really quickly. Mark might say something, and then and then we need to move on. But uh, I think the churn is really bad. I think the fact that we don't have the ability to develop mm -hmm. these, Mark, is this going to be an what? issue for you every time? Um, it's going to be the new word. The trigger word the turnover is really bad um in the in the league uh, for the league um i get that in some like it's kind of funny because at the end of 2019 we're like okay there are probably some vets we can throw we can like move on from the league and then instead we're like let's throw everybody out and then this year we're continuing that trend and i i wonder if we've sort of it reminds me a lot of you know in like 2016 or something like that i did a video maybe 2015 about how Salaries needed to be public because players were getting screwed and underpaid. And then we swung wildly over the next couple of years in the opposite direction where like players have probably been overpaid uh, relative to the revenue that the league generates. And I see that kind of here too, where like maybe it's time for some teams to like commit a little longer for some of these players um, because I, I don't know, even just from, from a brand building. So I think, I think it's not, I think some of this is good. I think we're probably a little overboard now in terms of the, the player turnover. Cool. Well, thank you guys. This is awesome. Yeah, thanks so much for the call. Anything you want to shout out? Uh, can I shout out my my startup? Is that cool? Sure. On Twitter, it's at Party Round on Twitter. Damn. But uh, yeah, thanks guys. Thanks for the churn. Yeah, have a good one. See ya. See ya. What was it? I didn't hear what he said. He said thanks for the churn. I think he was making a joke about uh -oh. trying to get you to be weird. Uh, okay. Beans or rice thirty three. Thank you for the prime. Two truth loop. Thank you for the prime. Sinister shadow tier one. Thanks so much. Thank you everyone for all the subs. Very appreciated. Um. All right, Bjorn is here. Bjorn, is that how you say your name? It's it's Bayorn. It's the Lord of the Rings. The little bear. Oh, nice. Okay, Bayorn. Yeah. Where are you calling from? Yeah. Uh, Alabama. Alabama. You sounded reluctant to say that at the whenever I asked. Well, I've, I actually was living in L.A. last year and then moved back because of COVID. So, yeah, it's kind uh, of been a, a moving back and forth across the country. Gotcha. So, okay. Okay. What do you want to talk uh, about on the show? So basically, in short, um, I think C9 is basically um, – I think C9 basically lost the off season. Oh, boy. It's not really – I don't really... summon Jack into my chat to scream at don't me for let, my reporting last night. I don't let Jack know that he lost the offseason. We're talking about it. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. It has nothing to do with Fudge. I think Fudge is fine. Like, Fudge is cool. I think it's the fact that Blabber is the most overrated um, 
player in like an LCS history. Not the direction I, I was expecting this to go. Okay, continue. I think he hard skill caps your team, like super hard. I think spring of this year was the best possible meta for Blabber. I think this dude basically brain dead farms, AFKs and keyboard, and then is basically brain dead past 10 minutes. And yeah, I just think that basically this guy um, legitimately after 10 minutes would be like maybe top six LCS junglers. I think there are six people better than him past 10 minutes. How do you feel whenever he gets MVP trophies? Well, I think he had good splits, but I'm just telling you, I think these past couple splits, he's been the most overrated thing. And I think it's funny that he always sucks in summer. So when you like, looked at, so when you, so just to be clear, when you looked at C9 heading into the off season, you were like, I hope the one move that they make more than any other is replacing Blabber. No, I think that if you go like, I think if you had gone like fudge top, Zven Vulcan, the Zven and an AC, by the way, I was wondering about that. Has Zven gotten his green card yet? I don't believe so. No. Okay. So uh, Zven, I thought, oh, he have you heard something else, his... Mark? No, no, no. Sorry. I, I was sorry. Continue okay. color. Yeah. No. Okay. Well, I think summit is fantastic. I think summit's amazing. I think fudge can be really good. Um, I think hitch, I know Vulcan didn't have a great world, but I think hitching your wagon to Vulcan, um, would be better than blabber. That's the long story short. He said, keep it quick. But yeah, yeah no, it's like... fine. It's fine. Okay. I mean, I agree. So, I, just, I just, you I... can't come in and say blabber's overrated. And then like, that is one that's hard to keep quick. Okay. okay. Uh, I think most I people think would agree sure. with you on the Vulcan stuff. I know there's a ton of C9 fans that are said that Vulcan is leaving. <laughs> fine, Mark, just go. Dude, he said he doesn't, he's just AFK farms. He has multiple splits of the highest kills and assists at 15 in the league. He sets records with his okay. proactivity. How can you say AFK farms? We got to start think, there. I think literally, like, when I watch this dude play, almost every, like, I think when I watch him play, like, let's say, like, honestly, let's watch him play speaker. Okay. I think there's a certain point in the game. He's farming, he's farming, he's doing his thing. And then there's always a certain point, or when I watched him play against Tarzan this year. He always farms, he always farms, and then like there comes a certain point of the game where it's like you either go to the Rift Herald, you go do your objective, you go do your thing. Long story short, this guy, well, instead of doing that, instead of grouping well his team when he needs to, he just keeps farming. And at the end of every single game, he leaves you in this spot where you're like, well, dude was ahead in CS, dude had good numbers, but like he never does anything past 10 minutes. Okay, but Mark is, okay, go back. He, he lost to Tarzan. No, I'm just saying that that's what I'm just trying to give up an example really quickly. Yeah, but I'm saying like, yeah, I admit Blabber's had bad moments in international play. Um, I got a news for you. That's true for every North American player in a lot of instances. Yeah, no. he, he might have had a sharper drop off and he, he's into some games and it has some issues. But like in spring this year, he was, again, setting records for proactivity and like how hard he dominates the early games. He, and, like, well, what was the meta? What was the meta in spring? Please tell me the four champions were played every single game. It was Udyr, Brain Dead Farm, Olaf, Brain Dead Farm, Hecarim, Brain Dead Farm, and what was the other jungler? Talia. And Zin. Lee is really he good. pops off on Zin and Lee. No, he does not pop off on Zin and Lee. I'll call hey, BS on that. Zin and Lee games in playoffs. I will call BS on Zin and Lee. 
He is good on brain dead farm champions. I mean, there's no he way has I can do this. He a style that he's, he's best at, like every player. He, yeah, he goes full clear into a gank on timing, and then it's like, if it comes down to a choice of like, You need right, to watch his games if you think when he plays his, when he, when this AFK farming meta was a thing, which everyone was talking about, and when they roasted me for putting closer down lower, and they, you know. Closer's better than He still made more plays than anyone else in the entire game when you're talking about these AFK farmers, because he actually knows how to convert plays, and he does it very successfully with coordinating through other players getting like... in the enemy team's face when he dookied all over Xerse for, for invading him, you know, like, he actually plays extremely well. Okay, here. Bjorn. I lost to Tarzan, he lost to these other, well, like... Well, time out, time out, time out. When I say capped, like, also think that, like, the bottom five of NA is so bad, like, C9's gonna be fourth or third. Like, that's the worst they're gonna be, because these other rosters are so bad. Like... You, the worst you're going to do in an A is top four. Bjorn, how bad these other teams are. Bjorn, here I'm going to give you your final your final bit here on the blabber stuff, and then and then I'm going to ask you for your your shoutouts, and we'll we'll move on. Uh, just because we're we're low on time, but you're you, good. No, you it's any final bits here. I still here? think that blabber plays with four better players than everybody else. I think that past ten minutes he has no clue how to play the game, and yeah, I think that he'll keep farming, and he always can look good. And yeah, I think we've already seen the best of Blabber, and I think C9 should have prioritized Vulcan over him. That's it. Very good. I love you are you have the Twitch chat is is between people that are like, let this guy keep talking, and then he's actually entertaining, and then other people that are just like, hang up, he's out, get him off the show. You've definitely easily. Yeah, you've definitely well, okay. made the the chat uh, have strong opinions. Anyway, anything you want to shout out before we uh, go on to our next caller? Nah, bro, you're good. Okay. Thanks. You have a great day. You have you, you have too. a great day too. This is, fun. this is the most fun I had in, in a minute tonight. Yeah. Thank you so much for the call. Okay. Um, <laughs> Rizid Rizid King, thank you for the prime. Araxis, thank you for the prime. Daddy, please spank me. Thank you for the twelve months of spanking. Uh, Shadow Beam too. Thank you uh, as well for the sub. Oh, we just started a scam train. Okay, Mark is grabbing the last caller not the last caller we got a couple more callers wooden post is here wooden post where are you calling from right back calling from boston massachusetts boston massachusetts mark's area of the world uh what do you want to talk about on the show yeah so i'm here to basically i guess my take is to uh the exact opposite of the previous caller to say that his take is absolute dog shit oh um and i think that c9 fans uh have the most short-term memory possible when it comes to roster changes it's like dory where the memory just resets every year and you just forget the previous year uh, and i think that jack has done such a great job over the past decade uh, and i just can't think of a roster that for a c9 roster that they fielded within the entire existence of the org that hasn't at least competed or semi-competed for the top they've made worlds all but one of the years they've been involved, they're always vying for the top three spots in finals. And so I think C9 fans just need to chill out and trust Jack and trust the process and him and his staff. As, is Jack paying you for this? Because I did notice you used his talking notes from the interaction he had with Tim earlier in terms of the, the decade uh, note. Yeah, yeah, definitely. He's in my PayPal right now. I just didn't want to say. Nice. Uh, okay, well, hey, I, I will somewhat agree with you. Um, I say somewhat in... I can understand why LCS fans, C9 fans, are like, uh, 
oh, so we had perks last year. That was our big off-season move. And then now, for instance, we're moving Fudge to the mid lane. And, like, I can understand why there is skepticism. But I just refuse to ever count C9 out because I don't think that e even when... I mean, Jack memes it. Like, that's, that's why I'm a little sad that he... On, on Twitter is like frustrated at people talking about how he lost the off season because, because he, he, uh, there's some antics going on in Mark's background. There's um, a ghost. yeah, there's a ghost, the spooky ghost in the background. Um, oh, no. <laughs> uh, oh, because, because, uh, because they cloud nine, even when people think they lost the off season, they always do well. Um, and yeah. he has brought in rosters and sold off, contracts of players that people loved and then lo and behold you know they've made it to fucking worlds with like zazel and shit like like roster changes they're making last minute and, they, and they're make, doing these miracle runs and I mean, so even like, like what was it spring 26 or summer 2016 i can't remember that was like the split that they blew up their original roster the original five yeah i think maybe i think jensen was a part of the team at that point but that was like when they they dumped balls and lemonation and started bringing in smoothie bunny fufu and impact and like that was like oh my god it's over it's the end of, this is the end and they made quarterfinals that year. Yeah, I think that C nine ghost confirmed says Twitch chat from the, the Mark background. Um, yeah, no, I I think that it is it is uh, it's very true. I like I am never going to place C9 out of the top five. And quite frankly, the vast majority of the time, I'm going to have to place them in the top three. Um, I, I think, you know, we need to learn a little bit more about what the other rosters look like, but there's a good chance they're there th this year or maybe competing with EG for the, the third spot. So um, I don't know. I, I, I can't. It is sad to me that C9 fans didn't have more faith. I am not surprised that they are frustrated by, like, what seems to be a very different roster and very different situation than last year i think lcs fans have taught themselves that like they should just expect faker and chovy signings every offseason yes, but exactly, exactly like this is like i i don't think that they are just inting uh with their lineup mark yeah i think uh i understand where the feeling comes from for fans because you lose perks okay that doesn't feel great and then you probably lose vulcan fudge swaps mid you know like a lot of that stuff is not just on an emotional reaction if you step back and you acknowledge all the great things jack did it's hard to feel good about those moves um summit coming in is obviously a, a dub um but beyond that you know also the, the fact that there are so many rumors about sven leaving and then staying you know you kind of wonder what happened there like did the org not want him and then decided to keep him you know like i think they were gonna keep vulcan and, and and transfers van and then something changed where it swapped that yeah yeah, so like, th there's a lot of off-season rumors that have gone around with them and, and movements that, as a fan, you just don't feel great about. You can say, I'll have my faith in Jack and still not feel good. And I think both those things can happen. Um, so I, I totally get why fans are um, pessimistic or not feeling great, but I, I ultimately agree with Wooden Post's take that, like, you guys got to remember that, like, you haven't really been led astray too often before. Yeah, and just, just to kind of like as a final nail on the coffin, like I think it's totally fine for fans to be critical and like to be skeptical. But I think it, I think the amount of skepticism and hate that comes towards Jack, especially this year, is a little unwarranted when he's he's definitely seemed like he's earned um, earned a little bit of faith. Well, I I will say this too, like, and I know it is incredibly ironic since twenty four hours ago I was putting out this roster, but 
it does seem like something has changed in the past 24 hours. Um, mm-hmm. And again, I continue to be very, I know people will meme me whenever the C9 roster changes or whatever, but like I continue to be very confident that that was a plan last night. But it does seem as though something has changed in the past 24 hours because C9 and Jack have been doing a bunch of work to try to make people you know, expect that like the five players that I reported are not it. And so like I don't think they would be, I would be surprised if they were going through all this if there was not some last minute changes that are happening. So um, I I think C9 fans should should chill for a bit. Uh, and and if they are indicating that there are things that are changing behind the scenes, like maybe wait and see what, what those changes are. Wooden Post, thank you so much for the call. Anything you want to shout out before we take a quick break? Uh, shout out to uh, Jack Trustium. <laughs> shout out to Alienware. Thank you for the monitors sitting on my desk. Bring it. Love well, to hear it. Go. Before you go, quick question. What would be losing the offseason for you? Missing Worlds out of the top five? Um, I think I think like it would have to be missing. I, I would honestly say missing playoffs. I think that would be like, okay, we severely messed up. Because I've seen, we've had years where Cloud9 even made like sixth place and bottom of playoffs. And they still find, a, they'll still somehow compete towards the top. You mean spring playoffs, right? Because summer playoffs is top eight. No, no, no. Yeah, spring, spring. I'm talking okay, okay. spring. For summer, I'd say if you, I'd say when we start to miss worlds, that's when I'd be like, okay, you, not only was there a problem, you couldn't even correct the problem. Right. Okay. Cool. Thanks you much for that, the Jack? call. That's where your fans' line is. Thanks, I think. I hope. I hope Jack is sipping a beer somewhere right now and not not watching the show. Thanks so much, Wooden, for the call. All right. Uh, we're going to take a quick break to talk about our second sponsor of the evening, Game Fuel. Uh, today, no joke, my day has been powered by Game Fuel. Uh, I drank one of these earlier today when I started the stream. I'm drinking one now while we're doing Hotline League. I, I definitely felt like I needed something to help. Mark is drinking one right now. Uh, it's actually, he's not drinking it. He's demonstrating that he emptied out the bottle by cutting his hand on the... You're, don't, are you okay, Mark? Uh Anyway, I this I needed I started to, to have some issues before I was going. I was don't normally do these long streams, and then Hotline League was rolling around, and I popped one of these things. And I've got, I, I guess Mark and I also screamed at each other at the start of the show, so that helped get the energy levels going. But uh, but anyway, I it is fantastic to have Game Fuel on as a partner. You know, I've got this beautiful Game Fuel fridge behind me for those that are watching the VOD. And uh, Mark comes over, he just raids it, and he tries to take the sherbet flavors, of which there are now no longer any sherbet flavors. And I I gave him one one time, and I kept the rest for myself. Anyway, thank you so much to Gamefield. Gamefield.com slash Travis. Uh, use code Travis to save on your order. Uh, and thank you, Gamefield, for powering my free agency day as I have needed the energy to get through it. Um, it's been a long day. Mark is off to grab the next caller. Uh, as we're going, Crowned Cowboy, thank you for the Prime, Sky G, Shadow Beam, uh, Matty Ice, thank you for the Prime, thanks everyone who's subbing, very much appreciated, uh, if you have a Prime, in fact, an easy way to find it if you have a Prime, you can just hover over the, str- the stream, there might be a purple crown that pops up on the side, a little widget, I'll let you know if you have a sub available for the channel, um, that would be super cool. Large Spud wants to know how you call. If you guys ever need to know how to call, type in exclamation mark instructions uh, into the chat and also exclamation mark discord. Nate is here. Nate, where are you calling from? I'm calling from Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. What do you want to talk about on the show? 
I think that Reckless is doing the smart move of going to K Corp, and I think other players should do that as well if they want to succeed long term. Oh, okay. I'm very interested. So one, I'm we. Who knows what the uh, you know? It's he doesn't have complete agency over his situation. But let's assume that like this was a decision he made. Why is this the smart move? I think that he could have easily went down the streaming route based off of what his rumored salary is, and he could have easily made that within a year. But I think if he wants to get back into the competitive scene of LEC or L LCS, that if he played down in Masters and showed orgs that he can still play and play around players that are not refined, that it, it's a better part of his resume than just streaming for a split or a season and then just hoping to get back on a team. I think this is interesting. So if I understand your take correctly, this is specifically more for players who wind up teamless and especially the superstar players. Yeah. You're saying they should go compete in amateur slash academy um, and show they still got the goods rather than take this spring off and stream or whatever. Um, because they're for reckless, it sounds like he wasn't really going to be allowed on many of the LEC teams he wants to be on. And this yeah. at least shows that he's still still at least playing professionally. Yeah, like I think it's a good move for Jazuke, Niski, and Broxa examples to go and play there for a split and then play for there for a split or a season and then use that as a resume booster to try to get on a, a team that they would like to. And I think if you look at someone like Nemesis, who said he didn't have a team, it seems like he was looking for a team, but he was just streaming. But if he was playing on a master's level team and amateur for EU, then that would have given him a better shot. Since there are three players just in mid lane that are going to be playing in the LEC or LCS based off of what happened today. So, so expanding this out, Nate, do you think that somebody like Jensen should go play on like an academy team this this spring if he doesn't have a spot? I think it would be more beneficial to go to play an academy within EU to try to get on a master's team than academy in NA because it's more developed in Europe and there's a lot more results there than what's happening in NA. That's an so interesting You can even idea. make the case that the solo queue is better there as well, right? Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I respect if a player went to Korea, for example, to, to, to train up, but I think the ultimate premise is that, okay, this offseason sucked ass for whatever reason is kind of a case-by-case -case basis for each of them but if your number one goal is seriously competing you try and find the highest level of competition available to you and dominate it rather than necessarily just wait on the sidelines for an opportunity to open up i i can understand that yeah like i think if reckless goes there and dominates then that helps his resume but it also it's a double-edged sword because if he goes there and gets dumpstered no team's gonna want him but at that point he doesn't deserve to be on an lec team because he got dumpstered by players in in amateur leagues you would even make the case that a lot of these guys don't need resume boosters like i don't think there's any amount of domination they could show in these leagues that's actually good for them in some well, sense it's only a, a negative from a public perception because like let's say jensen goes and competes in academy you expect him to 1v9 even if that's not really fair yeah but, but I, I would still say for the player it still keeps them in the most game ready form 
and, and it is a, a risk reward they have to weigh in their head like okay if i go play an academy or one of these erls people are going to think i'm going to shit on them and then if i don't it looks bad for me yada 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 but at the very least you'll still be getting better practice than than solo queue in north america i i yeah. think one downside though to this is that if you are in north america if you are in academy or you're sitting on the sidelines you're ready to go whenever. Like we've seen this a ton for like players like Poe Belter and Demonte or whatever, where like it might not even get to summer before people are hitting them up. You know, if it's like March and a team is just sucking, um, they they might be looking to make a change, and then you just there's it's like oh that guy lives down the street and could come into our facility and start playing tomorrow. So let's like get the deal done, you know. And I think it's a little bit more difficult if you're like wrapped up in some sort of uh, ERL team living in who knows yeah. what. You can do some but, sort but, of flexible contract, but but with that, like, look where DeMonte and Pobelter are. They don't have a team. For a lot of orgs, they just seem like they're a band-aid fix and not long-term, but if someone goes and plays in Academy or EU Masters and shows that they have long-term, they can show that they have long-term success, because I don't think DeMonte and Pobelter are ever going to find a team for more than a season now because they're just viewed as a short-term fix. Kelsey's calling us all idiots in the chat. She says, this is objectively just wrong. Streaming and brand value will get you way more offers than playing in ERL or Academy. How many people are coming from streaming to play in an upcoming season? I think right now the number of players coming from Masters is more than players from streaming. Like Nemesis and Doublelift don't have a team, but they were they were streamers. But I know that Doublelift retired, so... Yeah, Kelsey. He's kind of a different fix. Yeah, he's also he was okay. also there were like two two or three teams that he could have landed on. Uh, yeah, Kelsey. When was, why is Tyler one not in the LCS if streaming is such a great opportunity? <laughs> All right, shut shut up. This is an interesting topic. We can't waste it with jokes. Um, <laughs> I think uh, the other thing to, to say about that is the thing for me is not brand value. I, so I disagree with with Nate a little bit on the idea of brand value because, like I said, I actually think it's mostly risk from a brand value perspective, but from a practice perspective, there's it's unquestionable in my mind that like playing in the LFL and playing in EUS is going to be better than sitting on the sidelines in terms of like long term, uh, like how how ready you're going to be as a skill level. From a brand point, I totally understand and agree with you, um, but I can't imagine that you're going to feel better after you know you're going to have rust to scrape off after playing three months of NA solo queue day in day out. I mean the the counterpoint I think to Kelsey is like I don't I can't maybe I'm an idiot but I can't think of too many players who went to go stream and then like people and then they came like Sneaky AT. went to go stream for a year didn't come back uh we've seen oh man who's the other double lift yeah yeah there's like a ton I of mean, these players technically came back a couple Bi times Biofrost like there's a lot of players who have been streaming and don't have positions on teams whenever they wanted to so I, I am a little worried so for me. Oh yeah. Medios for me. I'm a little worried that like, if I, if I was a player, I'd be more worried about streaming signaling the end of my career than going to Academy and coming back up. Whereas you have players like contracts and others that have, have bounced back a lot faster from Academy than from streaming. Do you think there are any players right now that don't have teams that would be, that would benefit from the Academy route for either NA or EU to make a team? I think, I think that's something that Jensen and Niski should do to show that they can still play at a competitive level and get an org to sign them. 
I mean, I'm probably going to make a video about this, and I know it's probably not going to happen. And Maybe I mentioned this last week, but I would love to see a double lift Jensen, Hanser, Svenskeren, Biofrost uh, amateur team show up and just, like, slaughter people next year well, and then would it be to, to stream the scrims too that's know, what like... i was gonna say they stream this i told this to peter they stream the scrims they convince riot to let them uh stream their own games from like their perspective and like riot has to do that right like if you if you go to Riot and you say we'll compete in your leagues that nobody cares about and make people care about them as long as you give us the ability to stream our own perspective like i definitely think riot would do that and if, and they'd be silly if they didn't um, so I, de I think that that would be, uh, a brilliant guys. Like you guys are all spamming Delta Fox. Like, I think this is a bit of a different situation. The Delta Fox personally, these are not a bunch of people who have all retired. They're people that are trying to get back in and are just like, you know, they can go cut heads off of people in, in a cat. He says Amateur. the goal isn't necessarily to compete at all costs. I think that's true for double lift and sneaky and some of those guys Niski. I don't know how how true it is versus like I don't think anyone wants to not play on a good team. And that's part of the reason some of them are not playing right now is not actually just buyout stuff, but probably teammates and quality of the teams they're joining. Um, but yeah, and I don't think Jensen is like, oh yeah, I'm going to stream if I can't. Like I think he wants to play. Like there's a lot of players I think want to play. Um, so I I don't know. I don't I don't I think not everybody wants to be a streamer. I think that goes back to the point of I think Reckless is doing the smart move of doing that to show that he's still at a competitive level. And I, he already has the brand value behind him. Like, they're going to get so many viewers now just to watch him play. Um, but that's why I think he's doing the smart move of staying at a competitive level to show these organizations that he can be the carry for a team still and be the face of the organization even after having a recency bias slump because G2 didn't make it to Worlds, and he was the AD carry for their team. People the say no one... The LF... okay. Final point is that the LFL is also big. Like, I don't think he yeah. needs to prove anything to LEC teams. I feel like most teams would give him a chance if he wasn't in some sort of contract situation that was problematic. Um, but the LFL team is giving him decent money. The LFL is decently competitive, and it actually has a big fan base. Like, they get hundreds of thousands of viewers for their finals. So, like, it's really hits a lot of the points that would matter for someone like him, I think, um, as well as being, like, decently competitive. I think yeah. that – I think some of these players can go to the LFL and still do that to show that they can play at a competitive level, but it just seems like for some players that if they don't get on an LEC or an LCS team, then they should just go stream for a season, for a season or something and then try to wait for the next split to see if something can happen. All right, the real final point, by the way, is that earlier somebody, a darn rabbit in the chat said, no one doubts they can play at that level. Did you see Jensen at Worlds? The thing that is scary is right now, nobody doubts that they can play at this level. But if I was one of these players, I'd be really worried because I think a year is a long time in competitive League of Legends. And maybe nobody doubts you can play at this level now, but if they don't land somewhere in the summer, I think... I cannot think of too many instances where a player took a whole year off, didn't play competitively that entire time, and then came back. Are there any examples? Does anybody, does anybody know? Um, oh. There definitely are, but I think um, Bjergsen, yeah. Yeah, Bjergsen. Uh, but even, like, I don't know. He was still involved in an LCS team. Yeah, Forgiven is the one that people are mentioning, and I guess Ole. Yeah, I was going to say, I think there are probably examples of it, but it just, I don't think it increases... Rare. 
I, I don't think it increases your odds because you're still going to come back with the same mindset if you want to be on a top three team. But those top three teams are going to be looking at players who looked really good the last year from Europe or NA. You know, like the pool is still going to be the pool. You're still competing against the same pool in some sense. Uh, those Nate, spots. thank you so much for the call. Anything you want to shout out before we go on to our next caller? Shout out Game Fuel and uh, shout out Travis and Mark. Thanks for having me on. Thanks so much for coming on. Catch you next time. All right, off grabbing the next caller. Uh, thank you to Lexicon, Bankshot, and Zabadoo uh, for all of your subs. Very much appreciated. People just in the chat asking me about player which which players teams are TSM's gonna sign. Come on, Red Panda is here. Red, Red Panda, where are you calling from? Uh, I'm calling from Greenwood, Indiana. Greenwood, Indiana. What do you want to talk about on the show? Uh, I wanted to talk about, um, and I want to preface before I say this, I think Ellis is super smart, but I just don't think he would be a, the right fit for coaching uh, Cloud9 or almost any NA team I could think. Um, specifically just because I remember a couple clips of him saying that he wouldn't want to coach a team that he didn't 100% believe would win Worlds when he was talking about uh, the hun not 100 Thieves, the T1 situation. And also just like the way he uh, kind of thinks of the game is kind of uh, like, it's not dumb. It's just really unorthodox from what we would actually see. Like if you watch his coach streams, like how hypercritical he can be of certain things. Ellis, friend of the show, was on last week. Um Mark. I think it's a. I think it's an interesting take because I, I, he's someone who is a lightning rod in a lot of ways, yeah. and that's why I wanted to pull this one because I actually was going to ask if you could do a Twitch poll about like four C nine fans, or maybe you need three options. But you're excited for LS to be your coach. You're not excited for LS to be your coach, or you are not a C nine fan. You don't give a shit. You know. I mean, I think it's it's tough because uh, I, I suspect a lot of non C nine fans will, not the majority, but I'll try it. We don't care about accurate reporting here. What the hell? Just do it. Just do a poll so I can react to it. All oh, right, Mark. Mark. <laughs> C9 fans. Do you want LS? Do you want Coach LS? Can, can you can yes, you write no, with that typing so I can not in so LS I can keep fan, rambling or not a C9 fan? Mark made me do this. Get me out. Okay. <laughs> Stop typing. <laughs> out loud poll is that you asked for the poll you fucking got the poll and everything that goes along with it mark all right continue okay. on um anyway so for red panda's point like you know we've seen that ls has a very strong opinion on parts of the game and how they should be played and stuff like that and i think it at least makes it interesting no matter where he goes if he ends up the coach for them because you just want to see his ideologies put into practice and see what they can do so almost no matter whether he's a good fit or not, I want to see him coach Cloud9 every or, or whoever. You know, I, last year when the T1 rumors were milling around, I was really excited for that. Um, and given that uh, you talked about um, Red Panda, his strong opinions on the game, I actually think this is a, a very receptive team to it in the sense that Max Waldo um, and him and Fudge are all similar mindsets. It feels like they, they get along well. Um, and so I think that they would be more willing it'd be like less of a argument to win people over to that uh, that thought process um 
you know, I, I think that's a big reason it would potentially work in this situation. I think your points about his opinion on NA players, if they're brain dead or not, or, uh, you know, only wanting to work with teams that have a chance of winning worlds. You know, I, I think I don't hold that too much against anyone because people's opinions change. Players say they only want to play with this person and they, they play with someone else and coaches say they only want to do this and they, they coach other people. So yeah, Vigar B2 as well. Um, so, you know, I, I think this is an environment that he would have a lot of control and support over to, to do what he wants. So that's why I, I am super excited about it, though I think it, it's going to, like, any, any coaching opportunity is a challenge. I, I So there's some people that are saying, like, there's no way he'd leave Korea. I could definitely see LS being part of the coaching staff from Korea. This is not, like, rumors or anything that I've heard. Um, I just want to say, like, I don't think that that is necessarily, like, like, I think he has worked with Fudge remotely there might be a point in time where like he's doing so much to work with c9 that it makes sense to bring him on as a coach or something i don't i don't know that that might be where those rumors are coming from um i mean vigard does it remote there as he he does it remote i'm pretty sure oh really he doesn't go to the facility Vigar, by the i way. think so Vigar, yeah Vigar. Vigar, yeah he lived in europe last year still um but i could be wrong um who lcs I mean, tweeted I imt poe Sorry, I was just very distracting if LCS is now tweeting out stuff. Wait, the LCS Twitter account? Yeah, that's why somebody said that someone, in chat. Someone didn't hop off their bird. Oh, they did? No. Yeah, LCS tweeted, Immortals have found their mid, their mid laner for the upcoming LCS split. LC, LCS is reporters now. All right, Does Immortals have a... Did they tweet this and then did the LCS account just like pull it? Oh, yeah. No, they tweeted it. Uh, Immortals did. Okay, well. You know what's interesting, by the way? Hang on. Just a quick aside. Fucking... Everybody has to tweet. Everybody has to tweet pending riot approval. You know who didn't fucking tweet pending riot approval? The LCS account. I think that if every team has to tweet pending riot approval before on every like signing, like the LCS account should have to also tweet pending riot approval. Sorry, Mark, this go is ahead. Them not doing this is approved already. They, they've approved it. LCS I mean, that's it, how yeah, it reads. But like that would have meant that it got approved in the six minutes between Immortals tweeting it and LCS tweeting it, or however long it was. It was not that long. I think it's. I don't know. I think it's actually hilarious. Um, sorry. Okay, Anyways, continue. One thing I'll say that. Um... I, one of the things he tweeted when the Cloud9 news broke last night was he was talking about how League is a language and Summit should should integrate okay. And this is one of the times where I'm I'm somewhat in the middle. League is a language, and in the moment, you know, like people can communicate very easily what they're going to do or what they generally want to do. Um, and I don't know what Summit's English level is like, uh, but he would be the only Korean-speaking player and staff member around outside of like a translator or if anyone's bilingual that I'm not aware of. Uh, I mean, uh, you know, obviously LS can speak Korean, but, um, oh, Rainover's still there. Okay. Yeah. So never mind. There's, there's a little bit more there. Okay, good. So I, I will still say that like working with Korean players myself, like in game, you won't really have an issue, you know, like dive next wave, hit the CS, uh, go if he steps forward, like, you know, like the communication generally works. And, and you kind of find your own ways to make it happen, but there's still times where the nuances of the game can need more back and forth, and that's it's the back and forth that can become an issue. Um, so, like, I think that's one of the parts of this signing for for him that he's the only Korean speaker in the game. Um, if someone goes like, 
hey, you know, they do we want to put our Jace still against the Nars, or do we put it against the Syndra and the side lane? You know, you start talking about like your lane assignments and stuff like that. Um, Zven does not speak Korean as far as I'm aware. <laughs> I highly doubt it. Ignore Twitch chat. These guys are, are goofy. I think they're trolling me. Um, but, you know, like, once you start getting into those conversations where you need to, like, actually plan the next step, it can be, it can be difficult. And I know, like, for Piglet, there were definitely times where he had opinions that either he couldn't communicate 100% clearly or, you know, like, the conversation he wanted to interject in but but couldn't and i think that those frustrations and that kind of stuff can can definitely uh pick up i mean Ig ignar it's isles who's there unless they they're getting ignar their supposed support is is isles um so i i think that's one of the areas that is a potential concern for me um still with this roster as well uh because Fudge was really good about working with Blabber and getting kills in the top side. Like, I actually think they combo together usually quite well. Um, and this would be a change of pace for Blabber as well, who someone correct me if I'm wrong, but he's never had non-English speaking teammates. He's never had non-English speaking teammates. I think he did. He, he might have played with Impact for like one year. No, when... he... Uh... He was, he was on subbing. No, uh, the, he's been playing. His first ever top laner was Licorice. Huh. Okay. So he joined well, they... when Sven was on the team. He was in Academy when Sven was right. On the yeah, team. I knew it was it was Sven and him, but I didn't remember if, if Impact had gone yet. And Impact, to be fair, had good English, like people are saying in Twitch chat. You know, I just want to be make it like clear that I don't think he's ever had to work with a, a player that he hasn't been able to communicate with um, fluently. So. Uh, Fudge speaks Korean too? Maybe. I, I don't know. At this point, I don't know. They what, all what, speak which... Korean. Everyone. Yeah, so <laughs> Jack <laughs> will personally be translating. Uh, <laughs> is a Korean speaker himself. Just ignore yeah. Twitch chat. Those guys are goons. They have Rosaria Stone up in the background. Uh, <laughs> Where, did you say Rosaria? You've been playing so much Genshin <laughs> that you think Rosetta Stone is Rosaria Stone. Uh, oh, everybody anyways. check out uh, Resin Refresh, the Genshin Impact show that uh, Mark and I do, because uh, clearly it's bleeding like, into Hotline League. There's been a push from some of the top teams, uh, TL not included, to make more single language teams. Like TSM for a long time had said, oh, well, we don't, we would, we would prefer European imports because we don't want to have to worry about uh, communication barriers and stuff like that. And if you do get a Korean player, they have to be very fluent in English. And so... Uh, we'll have to see what TSM does this offseason, but I feel like C9 had been that way for, for a while as well. True, true. Okay. Uh, I haven't said too much on this, but I, I hope I hope LS is their coach because uh, can you imagine what LCS viewership would look like every time C9 plays? Like, my God. Uh, actually, if that happens, I feel like C9, Not no offense to, to LS, but obviously there's a lot of LS haters and a lot of LS lovers, and I feel like C9 would take the TSM cake for like the, the most love-hate fandom uh, situation there. Red Panda. Excited okay. to just have him in NA then. Red Panda, thank you so much for the call. Anything you want to shout out before we go on to our last caller? Uh, the Game Fuel, I that got me through college. 100% I had Mount, cases Mount of that everywhere nice. and uh, I said this to Mark before but Mark for defending uh, Blabber like that I've had so many conversations with people about that kind of stuff 
But uh, that's it. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, have a good one. All right. Our last caller is up. Uh, thank you to Crayon295 for the Prime. And uh, we're just... We well, got our last caller here. Is it Iscaf? Iscaf. Iscaf. Where are you calling from? Uh, Washington, D.C. Iscaf. Okay. Are you in the... Uh, is this, are you a government employee? I am not. Well, okay. I guess I am, yes. Never mind. <laughs> Okay. What's happening? What do you want to talk about on the show? So my take is that 100 Thieves have essentially won this offseason, setting themselves up for great future success. And with the moves that they've made, they've cemented themselves into the top three. What is the... Uh... And, Go ahead. And the, the three points that support that is the general sniper pickup. I think that's absolutely massive. And kind of in the pickup video, he talked about seeing the success of Kenby and tenacity, and that's part of why I joined Hunter Thieves, and I think he's going to have a similar effect. Um, then most of their academy team getting promoted or sold to the LCS level is absolutely massive, and then the pickup of Mithy is also completely huge, and they probably have the strongest coaching staff of any LCS team. I, I know you just named changes that they did actually make, but whenever you said it, I immediately went to go find to go find this video of just Luigi wins by doing nothing. I don't know if you're familiar with this meme because that was, uh, that's what I was thinking of. Whatever. Oh no, get that off your screen, dude. Make that a meme already and, and fucking tweet it out. Tweet it Someone out. Someone needs we, to we, put on the logos out over the, the, <laughs> the characters. Uh, because, because obvi obviously they did make the, <laughs> Obviously, they did make the the tenacity uh, upgrade, but uh, <laughs> but if you if you do believe or I don't know side grade whatever you want to say they expanded, but uh, they are the team that did did very little in the off season, um, and so it is it is kind of a funny thing that if you do think that they won, it's it's because I feel like they didn't they didn't do much in comparison to the other teams, but I you did. You did make a good point that they signed General Sniper. I mean, he, he's not going to be somebody who's going to come online for them for a couple years. Um, but I am curious to see how Mithy works out. And what was the other one you mentioned? Oh, and obviously Tenacity. Um, so all their academy players going, showing any young talent, hey, if you want to get into the LCS, 100 Thieves is the pipeline to do it through. Also, they picked up Mithy. I think you said that, but I, I want to make sure I didn't yeah, yeah. forget yeah. that. Um you know, they're expanding their coaching staff, which is good. So, um, I mean, I, I largely agree with this. I think the more interesting point is, I think you mentioned it in, in your text. I don't know if you said it here, but like the, the ability to break into the top three of NA orgs in the future with this pipeline um, that they kind of have set up the same way that for a period of time, C9 is like this, you know, where they have decent academy teams and when it comes time to make a roster move, they have rookies that they have experience with that they're ready to bring up and make it happen. Like FBI for Luger, obviously FBI is a fucking stud, so like they moved Luger, but that pickup was it super smart. Like you grabbed him from the TCL, you had some time with him, and if something happened, like hey, Luger was ready to go. Um so I totally agree. I think all the pickups are really, really smart in the offseason for, for the academy players. Uh, and it doesn't make them necessarily stronger this 
individual season, but it, it cements them as, as potentially one of the best orgs moving forward. I will say this, though. I'm sad that Kenvi's not playing. And uh, I, I'm very curious to find out what, if, I, if I could find out what his buyout was because there were a lot of rumors that the buyout was fairly high, and I know a lot of people really wanted Kenvi to be in the LCS, so it would be a little disappointing if he was not priced at a point where – or his contract was not priced at a point where um, teams felt like it was accessible. My prediction now is almost no matter what, Closer is going to be going next year and Kenby is going to take a step up because I think he's just too valuable of an asset to kind of let go the way that they would have to. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, Iscaf, thank you so much for the call. Anything you want to shout out before we wrap up the show? Um, shout out to Game Fuel and Alienware. Thank you. That's very nice of you. Have a good evening. You as well. All right. Uh, Mark Zimmerman, what do you have for us? What do you want to shout out? Shout out Rosaria Stone. Nothing. Give me out. Shout out Resin Refresh. Uh, the Travis and Mark Zimmerman Genshin show. You can go check it out at TGI Genshin. Uh, there's still a lot coming to the channel this week. I did a like a, a discussion piece, a thought piece on the off-season academy, or sorry, off-season economy. I mentioned that earlier. That'll hit the channel at some point in time. There's some other stuff too. So just hold it down. Uh, thanks for everyone who's been following along. Uh, thanks to anybody who uh, doesn't flame me if C9 makes a last-minute pivot on their support. And uh, thank you to LS for hopefully not flaming me for hopefully, or for mentioning that there's a rumor he's the LS coach because... Uh, I know that the last time he was he was in the C9 coach. Sorry, it's we're in hour nine of the stream, <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, because the last time that stuff came out, it was a big drama monger situation. So hopefully, there's less of that. And uh, if if that happens, I apologize in advance. Okay, thanks everyone. That is the show. Thank you, Alienware. Thank you, Gamefuel. Uh, please listen to the show. Uh, Emily and I are going to do record an episode of rift reaction tomorrow talking about this stuff we'll see what i can get emily to commit to about her opinions on all this um and this has been hotline league bye